Hello and welcome to the first week of the Visiting Team Sports Podcast. My name is Chandler. I'm here with my best bud, Garrett. Um, and we are, we're just a couple of pastors up here in the Pacific Northwest who love sports, love to talk about sports. Um, and we're really excited to get this going. We're going to start off with a, a Super Bowl preview episode this week. Uh, we're just going to see where it goes from there. Yeah, so we love sports. We grew up playing sports. It's been something that when we come to church on Sunday morning, we end up talking about anyways. So we just thought, let's turn it into a podcast. Let's share what we feel and know about sports with the rest of the world and, and see where it goes from there. So, Yeah, we're not going to pretend to be experts <laughs> on anything. Like I said, our expertise is in being pastors, and I don't know if you can even call that an expertise. Um, but... We're going to enjoy talking about sports and hopefully come from somewhat of an educated standpoint as we do, as we do so. Yeah, I mean, our, <laughs> our hope is to provide some, some joy and engagement in your day, not mm. to just be another loud voice Absolutely. On, <laughs> on, on whatever you're watching. Um, so yeah, Chandler, why don't you take us through the overview for the show today? Yeah, so normally our show is going to look a little bit different, but Super Bowl is this Sunday, so we kind of thought, you know, what better way to kick off a sports podcast that would do a preview of the Super Bowl. Um, so this week, um, we're going to kick off the show with a segment that we'll probably be doing somewhat regularly on our on our normal shows, um, which I will get to in a second. Um, but then we're going to go in from there and just talk about the big game, uh, talk about who's playing, how they got there, um, and what we should be looking out for as we watch uh, this Sunday. So, without further ado, um, welcome to our first ever segment on the Visiting Team Podcast, Where's My Soapbox? This is a, a segment where Garrett and I just get to rant about whatever the heck we want to that's going on in the sports world. This is going to have absolutely nothing to do with the Super Bowl this week, um, but we both have opinions and we both have things that we want to say and things that you need to hear. So um, with that, I'm going to invite Garrett to kick us off and do the first one. Garrett, what is your soapbox? I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> I'm really happy to have this platform where I can share my voice on the things that really upset me. Ryan Clark of ESPN, he's also a former uh, NFL safety, said, mm -hmm. and I quote, Russell Wilson is not an all-time great quarterback. Ooh. And he's never going to be in those conversations. We have to stop putting him in that world that any team that has Russell Wilson can win a Super Bowl, end quote. What? Who okayed this opinion? Now, I'm a pretty emotional guy, and that's... <laughs> people who know me know that. So my, my heart and my gut immediately reacted to this ludicrous statement. Um, but even my brain went... Dude, he's been to nine Pro Bowls in 10 years. He has the most wins ever by a quarterback in his first 10 seasons, which means most ever. Tom Brady, out. Peyton Manning, out. Brett Favre, out. Eli Manning, he doesn't count anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he won a Super Bowl, more than Dan Marino can say. He got to a second, more than Dan Marino can say. And when he doesn't play the Seahawks, he doesn't. When he doesn't play for the Seahawks, they don't even look like the same team. So that was my That's first true. initial reaction to Ryan Clark saying, "Well, he's just not. 
you know, an all-time quarterback. Um, then I went and I did some research. So Russell Wilson, fourth all-time in passer rating. Second for quarterbacks who have played 10 seasons or more behind only Aaron Rodgers. Second in fourth quarter comebacks since 2012. 15th in touchdowns all time, but 30, 35th in, uh, in attempts, of passing attempts. So he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't need to throw the ball that much. He, he is third in touchdown to interception ratio behind only Mahomes and Rodgers. He has 17 games with four-plus passing touchdowns in his first 10 seasons, which is tied for first with Dan Marino and Peyton Manning. Wow. It would have been 18 had Gerald Everett not dropped an easy touchdown one game. I don't talk about it. <laughs> Sounds like you're a little bitter about that one. I said I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so tied for first with four-plus touchdown games, passing touchdowns, with Dan Marino and Peyton Manning. Are they all-time greats? Are they in the Hall of Fame? Plus, he's got the same amount of rings as Mahomes, Rodgers, and Breeze. You want to throw in... Those are contemporaries. We want to throw in guys like Brett Favre. Hmm. He's got more rings than Marino. Just keep bringing bringing him (laughs) And a bunch of other quarterbacks who are currently in the Hall of Fame. But here's the kicker. Here's the best part. In 2014, when Ryan Clark was playing for the Commanders, who used to be the Washington football team, who used to be the Redskins... (laughs) They got beat by the Seattle Seahawks. And he said, this is in the Washington Post. I found this online. We got beat by a better team. We got beat by, as far as I'm concerned this weekend, the best player in the NFL. So sometime between 2014 and 2022, in Ryan Clark's mind, Russell Wilson has lost his stuff. Dang. That's my soapbox. Sounds like your point in bringing up Ryan Clark having been an NFL safety is that he's suffered from a bit of head trauma after his years in the NFL (laughs) to make a statement like this. Maybe that's why he's making his statement. He just, he's hurt too much. (laughs) It just hurts to think about how badly they got beat. And I don't know. I don't, the point of this is not to throw shade on Ryan Clark because I don't know him and I don't want to do that. But there's the difference between. This is an opinion like, oh, maybe that's true versus mm-hmm. we actually have a crap ton of statistical data that says Russell Wilson's actually an all-time quarterback. Um, and even when we compare him to the stats of other mm-hmm. all-time quarterbacks, mm-hmm. he's ranked in the top of like almost every statistical category. So as, as a non-Seahawks fan... Um, who doesn't watch every Seahawks game. Tragic. Um, <laughs> tragic. I'm going to ask the same question that people have been asking for years about Tom Brady. Okay. And Tom Brady has silenced this noise over the last two seasons. But how much of this is Russell Wilson being a great quarterback and how much of it is the plays being set up by his coaching to set him up for success? Is he just a systems quarterback? Would he be this good with a different NFL team. Well, that's the like that's the thing. The accusation against the Seahawks is that all their systems are old and outdated. Mm-hmm. Like the argument isn't Pete Carroll has a great system. Mm-hmm. The media is going after Pete Carroll because he's old, pretty much, and he's a defensive <laughs> quarterback. Right. Like, that's what the other. That's what they like. Colin Coward and these different people mm-hmm. that's what they talk about. So I don't think it's it's a systems thing. I think the question is maybe more hero ball with Russell Wilson. Like, 
are the Seahawks too built around Russell Wilson? Because mm-hmm. I think if you mm-hmm. take Russell Wilson and you put him in like New England or like New Orleans mm-hmm. or something like that, like the Seahawks are always, even if they're not in the playoffs, which has only happened twice in the last 10 years mm-hmm. because of Russell Wilson, even if they're not really in the playoffs, on everybody's like pre, you know, pre-season um, predictions. Okay. Yeah, predictions. Yeah. Preseason predictions. At least some people always have the Seahawks because Russell Wilson is there. Like when he yeah. went down with injury this year, like no, like they're like Geno Smith. Like <laughs> season's <laughs> over, right? And it's yeah. that's not anything about Geno Smith. I think it has to do with the Seahawks could be better, but they rely too much on Russell Wilson to save them. Mm-hmm. When they had a defense mm-hmm. that could you know, shut down people for 13 points a game or whatever mm-hmm. it was back in the day, that was okay. He didn't need to play hero ball. But now their defense isn't as good and their systems aren't as good. Yeah. I think Tom Brady, though, is part of the issue in the sense of Tom Brady has set a bar for a all-time great quarterback yeah. that is unreachable. Yeah. Like seven Super Bowls, probably never going to be done again unless he comes back a couple years and wins an eighth. <laughs> Let's not count it out. You know, it could be our next Brett Favre. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, but so I think that's where that's the benefit of the doubt that I give to Ryan Clark on this. Of like Tom Brady has messed up the standard mm-hmm. of an all-time great quarterback because yeah. four Super Bowls was kind of the standard. Mm-hmm. Montana, Terry Bradshaw. I think that's it, right? The only two I think that had four. Yeah. You know, so to get a Super Bowl used to mean you were a really good quarterback. But now you have a Super Bowl and, and it just doesn't count anymore, I guess. I don't know. And, yep. Setting the bar way too high. <laughs> There's, I, I don't even know. Like, he just, If you're not Tom Brady, you, you shouldn't even play quarterback, <laughs> apparently, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to be the best ever, if you can't be the best ever, just don't. Show. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> Shout out to Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> so, Chandler, the question to you, where's your soapbox? Oh, oh, where's my soapbox? Mm. Last weekend, I watched the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. Um, and if I had to give one word to describe this competition, um, call it a joke. Absolute joke. We're talking about the first time that they have ever held this event in Las Vegas. And instead of making it a premier event, everything was a gimmick. They had players out on the Bellagio fountains hitting saucer passes, and even they were fed up with it. You could see it in their faces. They didn't want to be there. Um, I did think it was funny. A few of them were like, yeah, it's really cold out here. Dude, you play a sport on ice. Um, Anyway, then they played blackjack. They, like, shot pucks at giant playing cards. This isn't a youth group game, you guys. (laughs) This is world-class athletes trying to show off what makes them world-class. Whole thing, start to finish, not great. But here's the part that takes me off the most. They do this event. um, If you're not familiar with the NHL, they do this event called the Breakaway Challenge. It's basically the NHL's equivalent to the NBA's dunk contest, right? They go down, it's just them and the goalie, and they've got a chance to show what they're made of. Um, They have some fun with it. 
just like the dunk contest, right? They can use some props. They can bring some other people in. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit of gimmick there. It's it's a fun thing. It's meant to be fun. Can they, but ultimately... Can they use trampolines, like in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they'd want to. <laughs> I'm just saying, to, to somehow use a trampoline... Oh my gosh. To somehow use a trampoline mm-hmm. in that... Uh, whether you're bouncing a puck off a trampoline or <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they like, could. Obviously, the skates aren't going to work on trampoline. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they take out all the normal penalty shot rules so that you can just go down and do whatever you want to show off how good of a hockey player you are. Do some cool trick shots. Anyway, this kid, Trevor Zegris from the Anaheim Ducks. That's how you know you're getting to a new stage of life when you can call a grown man who plays <laughs> hockey a kid. Um, 20-year-old kid. Um, he comes out on the ice, pulls off one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. Okay. The way he handled the puck looks like he had it glued to his stick. I saw that. But then he shoots it and he scores. So it, it obviously wasn't glued to his stick. (laughs) Here's the kicker. He did the whole thing while he was blindfolded and being pelted by dodgeballs. Sounds like a great youth group game, by the way. Um, Absolutely incredible. Write that down. If you have not already seen this clip, you need to go find it on YouTube and you will understand just how great it was. The problem is, after he goes, Jack Hughes, young player from the Devils, he comes out, pretends to attempt a shot, and then does some like magician trick to bring out a 10-year-old version of himself. Literally like this young kid wearing his jersey. And he goes, takes the same shot for him, and he makes it. They give him one more point than Trevor Zegris got for actually pulling off the shot. And then, to top it all off, the last contestant to go, Alex Petrangelo, he's from Vegas, so you know they're going to try and hype him up. He goes out, takes two attempts at a shot that I could have probably pulled off. (laughs) I've never played organized hockey in my life, you guys. Not that impressive. Misses both of them. One of the judges holds up two cards to make it look like he's holding up a 19 instead of a 10. And they count that and give him the victory. Oh my gosh. NHL, if you want people to watch, if you want to better establish the sport of hockey as not just the the number four, the guy that's barely in, in the big four of sports. It's like four asterisks, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Like, if you really want to be considered part of the big four in the sports world, get rid of the gimmick and let's celebrate good hockey. And Trevor Zegris, you deserve that one. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I hope you're listening. Probably not. So I have a hockey question. Okay. Because the, my only really hockey experience is watching the Mighty Ducks. Oh. Like one through three. Same. You know, so. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, that's not true. <laughs> Does every team have a play called the Flying V, or is that just the Ducks? <sighs> I think for people like me who don't know a lot about hockey, that's a legitimate question. All right, here's the deal. <laughs> Flying V, classic. Great play for youth hockey. <laughs> Never going to work in the NHL. Dude, if so it was just, just knock, the Mighty Ducks. If you just knock everybody else down... Why can't you just score? I mean, it's true. 
But then everybody's going to get an interference penalty and you won't have anybody to keep playing the game. In a game where you're designed to hit people, (laughs) how is there interference? Actually, I guess the same goes for football, so that's not really a good critique. Yeah, you're not allowed to hit somebody if they don't have the puck. Hockey just got way less fun. (laughs) NHL, if you're listening, there are some rule changes you need to institute. (laughs) More hitting. They don't care if they lose teeth. We all heard the stories of the guys who die on the ice, get resuscitated, and go back in the game. The guy who breaks his leg, finishes the play before skating off the ice. (laughs) And then you got LeBron James flopping. (laughs) (laughs) When a hand gets waved in front of his face two inches away. (laughs) My bubble. (laughs) So that ends... Our soapbox. Let's move on to... Thanks for listening. Thanks for making us feel validated in our opinions. <laughs> Let's move on to... Uh, we wanna, we're we going to talk about the two teams in the Super Bowl. You've got the LA Rams um, back in their second Super Bowl in three years, mm-hmm. I think, 2018. Um, and then you've got the Cincinnati Bengals, who haven't even won a playoff game since 1988. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to open this up to Chandler first, is to um, go through kind of each team's path in the Super Bowl. He's going to go with the Rams because that's the team that he's rooting for. Um, and I'm going to stick with the Bengals because I am now a self-proclaimed Bengals fan. So um, Bandwagon! <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing. Um, all right, let's jump into it. The St. Louis Rams came. Mm, Rams. Just I just say, said the Rams. You also said St. Louis Rams. Is that two thousand? I was going to do that as a joke, and then it all got messed up when I said the Rams. <laughs> the St. Louis or er, L.A. Rams came into the playoffs after a mostly strong season. They went twelve and five, and apart from a three-game skid in the middle of their season and a couple of losses to the Niners, they had a pretty solid year. Um, but a year that was not quite good enough to clinch the division, leaving them with a wild card matchup against a strong um, team to be feared in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, coming into wild card weekend, all eyes were on this game. Most people expecting a wild shootout, but that dream died when the Rams went up 21 to zero midway through the second quarter God. after some explosive pass plays by Matt Stafford, shutting down um, the haters. And some shutdown defense against a typically explosive Arizona offense. By the end of the third quarter, the score was 28-8. to And the Rams held on easily with a final of 34-11. to In that game, Stafford had a pretty decent showing. He went 13 for 17, two touchdown passes. The Rams' defense held the cards to, an, to 0 for 9 on third down plays. Cardinals did not convert once on third down in that game. Um, and their defense had two picks during the game. Um, One of the most impressive things from that game is that their special teams, the Rams special teams, had a nearly perfect day. They didn't miss a single field goal or point after because apparently that's a thing that kickers do now. Um, And all five of Hecker's punts landed inside the 20-yard line. Um, That played a huge part in their win, I think. That game set up an even more highly anticipated matchup with T-Braids, Gronk, how do you ski? And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you were disappointed in the lack of offensive explosion the week before, this divisional round was your week. 
Now, it didn't seem that way by the end of the first half, where the Rams put on an absolute clinic on both sides of the ball, amassing a 20-3 to score heading into the locker rooms. But every avid football fan knew it wasn't over yet, because Brady had been in this spot before, playing the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. The Rams started the second half off with another touchdown before going on a 24-point skid, as the GOAT, Tom Brady, led the Bucs to tying the game at 27 with just 46 seconds left. That 46 seconds, though, is too much time for Matt Stafford as he threw just two passes, Matt totaling over 60 yards to Cooper Cup um, to get them into field goal range where Matt Gay delivered and sent the Rams back to the NFC Championship game, which was a rematch for the century as the Rams came in with a chip on their shoulder, having lost both of their regular season matchups to the 49ers. Um, and this was just a back-and-forth game. The Rams were able to stay composed um, and squeak out a three-point victory with yet another game-winning field goal in the final two minutes, and it put them back in the Super Bowl for the first time since losing to Tom Brady's Patriots um, at the end of the 2018 season. Once again, Matt Stafford quieted his haters by going 31 for 45 in this game, 337 passing yards, and two touchdowns, both thrown to Cooper Cup. They won that game 20-17. to Yeah. Matt Stafford was 0-3 the first 12 seasons in the playoffs. And now Insane. He's, and now he's 3-3. Three and three. Insane. Yeah, I guess when you inherit a tire fire, like the Detroit Lions, <laughs> it's pretty hard to win. Yeah. I think, so, to go back through each game real quick, like, the mm-hmm. Cardinals game, I think, was probably the most disappointing game, because the Cardinals started out super hot. They yeah. were, like, favorites to win the NFC, and then mm-hmm. at least favorites to win the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Which, did they still win the NFC West? I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they did. Anyways, and so it was supposed to be what the game against the, the Bucks, the Cardinals game, was supposed to be the same. Yeah. It's supposed to be this high-powered thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole wild-card weekend was really a disappointment. I think there were some matchups that everybody was expecting to be really good, and it was just kind of... Yeah, there, there was, was a weekend there was of football. There was a ton of blowouts. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't... Except for the Cincy Raiders game. But even that, like, the Raiders' comeback at yeah. the end wasn't really much of a comeback. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, that's true. Anyways, so... That game was a little bit disappointing. Like, I think the Cardinals just were two in their heads. Like, mm-hmm. there's people saying that uh, Kyler Murray was thinking about his future contract. And I don't know how much that's hmm. true when you play you know, yeah. professional sports. Never played professional sports. You know, played tennis once in high school. But <laughs> that, that, was about, that was about it. Um, Definitely out there thinking about your contract. <laughs> playing high school tennis. I was thinking about lunch. I'm not going to do that for this game. Um, and so then you go to the Tampa Bay game. And mm-hmm. um, I thought... Tampa Bay was going to win that game, mm-hmm. like legitimately. And so when the yeah. comeback started happening, the second greatest comeback of all time in the playoffs because it was only twenty four points, mm-hmm. not twenty five points. Oof. It's always it's always Tom Brady. Um, what a guy! Like when they when the Rams had the ball with like forty seconds left, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to overtime, and Tampa Bay's going to win. And then Tampa Bay was like, yeah, we'll just let Cooper Cup like run and. <laughs> so he caught two passes for like 70 yards and then field goal boom game over yeah and then the Niners game the Niners is so interesting they're, I never know what to do with the Niners like I don't feel like they're a good team like when I think about them 
I, I don't. <laughs> I think they were bad for so long that even though they've had some solid seasons over the last several years, Look like at the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, but before that, like for I don't know all all of my growing up, it felt like maybe not all of it, but most of my growing up and watching football. The Niners weren't good. It's true. They had the history of five Super Bowl wins, but the yeah, our childhood they they weren't a good team. Pretty much 2000, 2010 wasn't really anything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even earlier in the I don't know when they won their last Super Bowl in the nineties or something, but um, yeah, and then they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand twelve. Yeah, lost to the Ravens, I think, by three. So that was a close game. Um, but anyway, so when I think of the Niners, it's like, I don't see them winning this game. So the fact that they were up, mm. they were up 17 to 17, 17, to 7, 17, 7. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm not surprised that the Rams came back and won. Honestly, I thought it'd be more of a blowout than it was, mm. even though the Niners have are six and zero against the Rams. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say, like. I, I did not have a whole lot of hope for the Rams going into this game because they had lost the last six. In this in this case, I'm actually glad the Rams won that game because like there comes to a point where it's like you finally just gotta beat that team. Yeah. Um, so as for them, that's a big win, even though I'm not really a Rams fan. My three year old daughter is, and I blame a friend from California for that. But uh, so anyways, <laughs> you know that there you go. Yeah. They're in. Yeah, it was a good good battle to get there. Um, I think it's awesome that that Matt Stafford um, has been able to prove how great of a quarterback he really is because I think we've all seen it. Um, we've seen the talent, we've seen the skill, but I think he's the youngest quarterback to fifty thousand yards. Jeez, yards, I think fastest. Jeez, yeah, like he's he's quality. He's good, but you it goes to show that being a quarter like. As much weight as we put on the quarterback in in any level of football, if you don't have the coaching and if you don't have the team built around you, that's only going to get you so far. And I think it also extends up to like front office and executives, yeah. and because there's a lot about that stuff that isn't in the media. Like, For you, sure. you know, you're not watching the president of the the team sit at his desk and like mm-hmm. make business deals, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine what are you watching today (laughs) oh dude i'm going home and i am going to watch the seahawks gm spend five hours in his office (laughs) watch him make some deals (laughs) um but i think if there's chaos like it's kind of like top down right so like there's these franchises that are always on fire yeah jacksonville detroit Oh, oh, you meant fire like a dumpster fire. (laughs) I thought you meant like always good. And then you said Jacksonville, and I was like, "Ah." Fires are typically bad things, Jim. Unless you're out camping, maybe have a nice hearth in your home. But typically, (laughs) fire back. Fire back. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's a testament, I think, one, to Stafford's loyalty to the program. Like he yeah. stayed probably a lot longer than most people would have. Yeah. He wanted to win with the Lions. They drafted mm-hmm. him. They gave him a shot, and that's mm-hmm. important. But good for him. He's now on a winning team. He's playing great football. I'm sure he's having just a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I love I, – I think he's got a great relationship building with Sean McVay, too. Um, I forget which game it was. It was one of these last two um, playoff games. I think it was the, the divisional round. Um, 
Stafford came up with like an awesome play towards the end of the game, I think. And it shows him coming to Sean McVay on the sideline. And you just see McVay like in slow motion grab onto Stafford on the helmet and just go, I love you. <laughs> it's one of the greatest oh. lip readings I have seen from a coach in sports as good. <laughs> How does Kelly feel about that? <laughs> uh, cool. Is there anything else you want to say on that? You wrapped up. No, I think that's good. I'm, I'm excited to hear how the Bengals got here because I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I don't know what happened. It's wild. <laughs> I, I think even in Cincinnati, they a state of disbelief. But I, really? we, Ohio? <laughs> Which Ohio is funny. hasn't done anything since LeBron was still in Cleveland. <laughs> Which is funny because like Ohio has, Ohio has multiple football teams. The Hall of Fame is in Ohio. It's like, <laughs> it's like the hotbed of the NFL. Yeah. The teams aren't good. Yeah. Uh, or haven't been for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. So in 2019, we're gonna go back to 2019 just to okay. talk about Joe Burrow for a second. Yeah. So 2019, the Bengals go two and 14. They have the worst record in the NFL, number one pick, and they draft Joey Burrow, Mr. Joe Cool, Joe Exotic. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about him, but oh. <laughs> is that because he plays for the Bengals, Tiger King? <laughs> it has to be. He is the Tiger King. So as a rookie brings a ton of excitement to the franchise, right? They win more games with him starting that his rookie year than they did the year before. Yeah. And he has a decent rookie season. I mean, you know, he's not like doing anything super crazy, um, but he's having a good season. And then bang, left knee broken. And like MCLs and ACLs just going everywhere. So not an easy injury to come back from. Obviously he gets his surgery, comes back, and then has just played lights out. Um, this season, leading I think in like yards yards per attempt or yards per completion mm-hmm. and completion percentage, so over seventy percent completion like percentage for him Jeez. while throwing the ball the furthest, right? Um, which is just you know unheard of. Which is like if you looked at his like college season, like he goes fifteen and zero, sets a record for most touchdowns by like a college quarterback, like Dang. as you're at LSU when they won the championship. But yet he goes to the NFL and people's like, I don't think he's very good. I don't know about that. They're just fawning over Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we're going to leave, yeah, leave Trevor alone today. This season? <laughs> we're going to leave Trevor alone today. He had to deal with Urban Meyer. So. Oh, brutal. Now, something about the Bengals' regular season. So whether they won or lost, they only played two ways. They either won or lost by three, or they won or lost by 14 or more. So they were either in close games or blowouts. There wasn't like a 10-point loss. There wasn't anything in the middle of the road. It was either we came to play or we didn't, <laughs> right? And so depending on who they played, it was either a, a close win or not. Mm-hmm. Um, in the playoffs, they all had close games, right? So it was one-score games every game in the playoffs. So they started with the Raiders, and the Bengals go into halftime up 20-13, to 13, and they end up yeah. holding off a... Um, fourth quarter comeback attempt from the Raiders and I think it ended with if I remember correctly the Raiders had the ball at the end and Carr I think threw a pick with like no time left trying to like squeeze it into the end zone so it was like they kind of held it off it was a low percentage that the Raiders were going to win that game anyways Um, but shout out to Derek Carr because I love him and that was his first 
playoff game like eight seasons because the first time they went he broke his leg so he didn't play that which, sucks dude that season was so heartbreaking like they were like 13 and 3 and then he breaks his leg in the last game of the season I as much as I have been trained to hate the Raiders growing <laughs> up man I want to see them win because I love Derek Carr he is a high class dude um, class act and I think he deserves a, a Super Bowl Anyway. Yeah, but he plays for the Raiders. So. Yeah, so until he comes to the Colts, I guess we just can't do that. <laughs> you can't just cherry-pick people. Tampering. I got nothing. <laughs> so the the Bengals win against the Raiders was their first playoff victory since 1988 when they won the AFC Championship game. Nobody has ever texted before that game, hey, the Bengals won a playoff game because texting was not invented yet. Why'd you have to go there, man? Why'd you have to do it? So in, in my lifetime, the Bengals have never won a playoff game, which is crazy because in the early 2000s, Carson Palmer, they were really good. And then even with Andy Dalton, they got to the playoffs. Yeah, the you're right. They just never won. So it's just cra- that's just crazy to me. So then, so they beat the Raiders, and they traveled to Tennessee, um, and essentially, they threw a proverbial rock at the head of the Goliath of the AFC, which was the Tennessee Titans, who had just gotten Derrick Henry back, so there was a bunch of excitement for him, but a question on, like, oh, it's his first game back. Mm-hmm. I think it was his first game back. Um, how's he going to play? And really, the game wasn't about offense at all. It was all about how many times Joe Burrow got sacked. <laughs> it was really what the entire game was about. Yeah. So, um, on the back of uh, Joe Burrow, who was on his back a lot that game, and on the leg of my new favorite <laughs> rookie kicker, Shooter McPherson, the Bengals pull off a 1916 upset yeah. on the AFC's number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Talking about Shooter McPherson, whose first name is Evan, but we're from Shooter. He has not missed yet in the postseason. So he's 12 for 12 field goals, and like he's hitting like 50 plus yarders to win yep. games, and also it's like not like they're just like chip shots. Plus, I don't think he's missed any PATs either. I think he's literally perfect in the mm-hmm. postseason. He's a rookie kicker. He's setting records that um, Goskowski held, Vinatieri held, right? These great mm-hmm. kickers. Um, and great for the brand, as, uh, as our pal Matt, Pat McAfee would say. <laughs> <laughs> great for the brand of kickers, who, according to some people, aren't real football players. There's a podcast you can watch from Pat McAfee on that. <laughs> Don't watch the kids around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's rumored, and, and multiple people have said this, that before he went to kick the game-winning field goal against the Titans, he said, if we're going to the championship game, goes out, kicks the field goal, Game over. Moving on to the next David versus Goliath matchup that the Bengals have to hold. Which, a lot of people in sports use this, whether they're Christians or not. They always say, oh, it's David versus Goliath. And then they always pick the Goliath to win. (laughs) And David wins every time. David always wins that battle. Go read the Bible. (laughs) David's going to win every time. And yet everybody's like, oh, David versus Goliath. I'm going to pick Goliath. Well, he doesn't win, right? So, in this case... Bengals travel to Kansas City, and they come out looking like the guy who pretends he doesn't know how to play pool, so later he can take your money. (laughs) 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 They come come out, they're down 21-3 to at half, and then at the beginning of the third, Patrick Mahomes just forgets how to play football. 
like and I love everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. I like Patrick Mahomes, but it was this weird. It was hard to watch downhill of like what's going on with Pat. Yeah, and and it like I I don't know like I don't know how many people have like interviewed him and asked him questions for everything, but like first quarter best quarterback on the planet. Same in the second quarter. First half best quarterback on the planet. Second half like. Wow, he's like really struggling, and then in mm-hmm. overtime, it was like he was a shell of himself. Yeah. So essentially, I think what happened was like you know the scene in Space Jam, like the good one, with Michael Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> like the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where the aliens like not the Netflix take- garbage, <laughs> <laughs> or was it Netflix HBO Max? It was HBO, HBO Max. There we go. Where the aliens they take the ball and they steal all like the basketball players' powers and then they can play and the mm-hmm. basketball players forget how to play. I think that's what happened. So somehow the Bengals <laughs> took Patrick Mahomes' greatness and channeled it. Took Tyreek Hill's greatness, Travis Kelsey's. They just took it and used it. Um, so now they're playing ball. So actually, what happened is the Bengals take the lead, twenty-four, twenty-one, with about I think it was like six minutes left. The Chiefs then have to have a drive and kick the game tying field goal which they do and they send the game to overtime in overtime the chiefs win the toss right and like everybody's like oh well sorry bills guess this is gonna happen again (laughs) but somehow mahomes falters the Bengals get the stop and then on the leg of everyone's favorite kicker evan guns don't kill people i kill people (laughs) they win the nfc championship game for the first time since <laughs> I've been alive. So it's not familiar. That was a shout out to Happy Gilmore. Um, well done, sir. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. But Evan McPherson apparently doesn't have a soul because he's a stone cold killer and just makes every kick he needs to. Um, and because of that, I think it's safe to say that most people are probably going to be rooting for the Bengals on Sunday. Like, obviously, you have the L.A. people who think L.A. is the greatest city, you know, on the planet, <laughs> and so they're going to be rooting for the Rams. It's technically a home game. I, yeah. Two and two years, and then none before that, which is kind of coincidental. Obviously. Yeah, you know, I heard the, the the commissioner is trying to put a stop to that, so he's going to have it hosted in Dallas every year from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sorry, Dallas fans. <laughs> so, Southern California wants the Rams to win. I'm pretty sure everybody else, especially the other NFC West fans who have other teams that they root for, Cardinals fans. I mean, it, it kind of depends. But my, my thing is like, no Rams. Boo. <laughs> I want the Bengals. I don't know, man. I think that probably more people going for the Bengals, but I think that you've probably got a lot of of people that are wanting to see Stafford get that W. Oh, that's a good point. Like, it's not about the Rams for most people. It's about Matt Stafford. Um, You know all of Detroit is going to be rooting for Matt Stafford. And probably most of Missouri, unless they're mad at at the Rams for leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But probably they still claim the Rams. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Maybe the Chiefs are probably closer now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that must suck <laughs> to have your team up and walk out on you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we don't like it here. I'm gonna go where it's warm all the time. <sighs> Dude, imagine the San Diego fans when the Chargers walked out. They didn't even like leave states. They were just like, ah, "You're not good enough. We're gonna go two hours up the freeway." <laughs> 
San Diego, man. The Clippers, uh, the Clippers used to be in San Diego, right? No, I would love for the Clippers to move to San Diego. <laughs> That's been my dream for years. San Diego or Anaheim. I love San Diego. Anyway. Um, so, talking about the actual Super Bowl now. So, you want the Rams to win. I do. I'm all about the Bengals. So, let's do this. I want you to pick like a Cincinnati thing to watch for an aspect of their game, and I'm going to pick a Rams thing to watch for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you two. Oh, okay. It's not technically allowed, but go ahead. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the heck we want. Um, <laughs> first thing um, is Garrett already started to talk about it, but I think we really need to watch um, the Bengals' offensive line. We need to see how much <laughs> Joe Burrow gets sacked. Um, he got sacked nine times. NFL against record. the Titans, uh, tied an NFL record oh, for really? for the most sacks in a playoff game. Um, several teams have done it, but the Titans are the first team to lose a playoff game after sacking the quarterback nine times, which I think speaks to how good Joe Burrow has been. Are you sure the Browns don't have that? That, that belongs to the Titans? That's not a Browns thing? <laughs> Feels like it should be a Browns thing, doesn't it? Feels like it should be a Browns thing. <laughs> um, they were one of the teams that, that got sacked nine times. Um, but so here we are. He's been, he got sacked nine times, still pulls off the win. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that against this Rams offense. Um, if you're going to be able to afford being sacked nine times. Um, also... Joe Burrow was sacked over 50 times. Over 50 times this season. Only five other quarterbacks that had been sacked 50 times in the season um, have made it to a a conference championship game. Um, None of them had won and moved on to the Super Bowl until Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow, just incredible, but again, if they don't get that under control in this game, um, I, I think that might be the deciding factor that, that gives the Rams the win. On the flip side, we got to watch Shooter. We got to watch McPherson. Um, Rams, if, if, if you're only up by like two points with less than two minutes to go, watch out. Watch out because um, this kid is clutch. He doesn't mess around, um, and he is going to continue to do great things for the brand of special teams. Yeah. Yeah, the Rams' defensive line, Not they have multiple MVPs. <laughs> so yeah. They got Von Miller. I don't know how the Rams have money to like go out and get these people. It always seems <laughs> like they're like, they convince like the other team, they're like, hey, Denver, why don't you give us Von Miller? We'll give you, I don't know, a sixth-round draft pick. But you pay his salary. So he can play on <laughs> And the teams are all like, yeah, sure, sounds good to me. So anyway, so the Rams... Yeah, but they, have, they don't have a first-round pick for the next, like, three or four years. The Rams give up a lot in the draft. Seems to be working. Mm-hmm. So, like, anyway, so, like, if the, the Bengals' offensive line is notably not great. Obviously, mm-hmm. good enough to get to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but not great. And you have Aaron Donald, who just blows through triple teams whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Plus Von Miller, who can, mm-hmm. who's one of the fastest around-the-edge guys in the league. I got, I hope Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow survives, because I want to see him win. But mm-hmm. 
they did they just have leaks all over their offensive line. Yeah. So I I I can, kind of fear give, for for Joe Burrow's life in this game. Can you give the the uh, Super Bowl MVP to the defensive line? <laughs> just every one of them, <laughs> all four of them. <laughs> Not just Von Miller, but. <laughs> Well, you all got nine sacks on him, so you all get the MVP. <laughs> you got sacked 36 times. <laughs> yeah, so watch out for that. Um, if you see him getting sacked a bunch early, um, better start changing your pets. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for me, I think something that could potentially wreck it for the Rams is that Stafford gets into what people call these turnover tunnels. Like he, he'll throw a pick six mm-hmm. like in the worst possible moment. And like sometimes it's on the first play of like a big game, you know, where it's like first throw, bam, pick six. Yep. And it's like, it's not that he has a pattern of these things, but it just seems to happen to him. So if that happens where he's he's throwing, it's a game where he has multiple picks, that's mm-hmm. going to make it not impossible to come back from because I think the Rams are a more complete team. For sure. Than the Bengals. But, I mean, it's definitely not going to do him any favors. Mm-hmm. So depending on, like, if the Rams lose, I could see that being the reason. Like, for whatever reason, the offense just does not get it together. Yeah. And multiple turnovers. Um, so that, for the Rams, is a thing to watch out for. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah. Stafford needs to continue to come in and prove that he is a playoff championship worthy quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't, then I guess we'll just see what happens. <laughs> I think the reason that this game is like so feels so close is because the Bengals aren't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Like they beat a bunch of teams that were supposed to just throttle them. Yep. So to say like, well, the Rams are like such a better team, like that doesn't that doesn't matter because yeah. they've beaten all the teams that are better than them anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I'm gonna pick the Lions. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> happens every once in a while. <laughs> so with that, we'll go into our predictions. So my I have my real prediction is. I think Cincinnati wins 27-24. And I'm actually going to try and predict the last sequence of events as well. Okay. So not just the last play, but somehow it's 24-24. Joe Burrow has the ball with a minute left, maybe a little bit more or less. And he does some Joe Burrow magic to get Evan McPherson to about 52 yards like, it's not going to be okay. a close field goal. Okay. Like, it's going to be a stretch. Um, and just as time expires, Shooter's going to take down yet another Goliath. And then we're going to find out that Evan McPherson... Ooh, shooter, I like that. <laughs> like the slingshot. <laughs> and then we're going to find out that Evan McPherson is actually just a clone of Adam Vinatieri that escaped from the... <laughs> and he will continue to score points on points on points for the yep. rest of his career. Yep. So that's how I think it's going to end. If Cincinnati wins. If Cincinnati loses, it's going to be a title fight. (laughs) 
Like, I don't have a prediction for that. <laughs> <laughs> My prediction is Cincinnati's going to win. My prediction is that they're going to win, but I'm not very confident. <laughs> I'm not, because they've been blown out so many times this year. And I could see them just like, well, Cincinnati came out and yelled Omaha at the wrong time, and they got a safety on the first play. <laughs> Sometimes it can be a run play. Sometimes it can be a pass. So why the heck don't you? Really, kind of just depends on which way the wind's blowing. And, the Seahawks uh, aren't even my favorite team, and it still hurts me because I live in Washington. Don't lie. The Seahawks are absolutely your favorite team. You try to pretend like it's not true, but let's let's be honest. Yeah, they're my they're not they're not my first love. They're they're my current flame, but they're not my first love. <laughs> <laughs> so let's so close out our show with your prediction here, Jenner. I like that. We're saving the the correct prediction for oh, last. Okay. That's how the show closes out. Um, if you couldn't already figure it out, I'm I'm saying the Rams are going to win it. Um, similar in score to Garrett, um, I'm going to say 24-21. And here's the thing: we've seen a lot of close games. We've seen a couple of overtime games already. <laughs> um, only one other Super Bowl has ever gone to overtime um, the year that, that New England came back against Atlanta. Um, I think it's going to happen again. I think that the, the Rams are going to take it with a, with a field goal in overtime. Um, you know, Joe Cool can't get the job done. <laughs> no, They're going to get the first possession, um, and then the Rams are going to take it and score their field goal. Dude, don't don't count out Joe Cool. It's gonna be your mistake. He'll get sacked and he'll he'll, he'll get sacked and game will be over. <laughs> oh, games that end on a defensive play, like I know they're cool, but I want the Super Bowl to end on either a made or missed field goal, yeah, like a pick six or like a sack and a fumble recovery, like something crazy. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Don't look like that. You, you just said, oh, game's been in on a defensive play, and then you went to a pick six or a fumble recovery. That's a good point. A, I get what you were saying. A score of some kind. I get what you were saying. A score of some kind is what I should have said. There we go. We want to see another defensive end get Super Bowl MVP. That's what we're going for. James Harrison? Uh, Von Miller. Oh, that's right. I don't think James Did he get MVP because he had that, like, 99-yard... Like pick six against Ooh. the Cardinals. I don't think he did. I think yeah, he was I Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening to our first ever uh, podcast of the visiting team. Uh, we're going to go more into why we decided to name that in the coming weeks. Um, but for now, peace out and let's go Rams. Okay. I'm not ending the podcast like that.